the whole part of an IEP meeting is that we're coming together as a team to talk about some of the challenges that our student is having. And it's almost impossible to take the mom hat off and only be advocating for the needs of a student. You know, we're emotionally invested. Those are our kiddos. We don't want to mess with mama bear, but sometimes (laughs) mama bear has to learn how to engage with the school. And that's one of the things that that our podcast and, and that our series is going to be able to help other families with. Inform, educate, advocate. This is your source for all things early childhood. From nurturing healthy development to overcoming behavioral challenges and recognizing mental health needs. Welcome to Centering Kids, advice from the experts at the Florida Center for Early Childhood. When he was little, my son had his own language. We used to call it Ewok chatter. When my husband and I found out his unique way of communicating was actually the result of a disability, we were shocked. By that time, he had just turned four and the principal of his preschool recommended an IEP assessment as he'd likely need extra support in grade school. IEP, we said. What's that? Hi, I'm Mara Favorite, the host of Centering Kids. Today, I'll be interviewing Jen Worden, parent advocate for the Florida Center's Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorders Clinic. Welcome, Jen. Hi, Mary. Good morning. It's great to be here. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing the launch of your new YouTube series, Different Children, Different Approach, which is hosted by you and Amy Weinberger, the founder of the Lean on Me Project. This series will help parents like me understand and navigate their child's IEP, which stands for individualized education plan. Jen, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your career working with children? Absolutely. Uh, As you mentioned, I'm a parent advocate for the Florida Center's FASD clinic. I'm also a mom to a kiddo with some needs that happen to flow over into school. So based on some of the experiences and challenges that I've had, we want to find a way to help empower other caregivers to meet their kiddos' needs in the school settings. What an awesome idea. And what exactly is an IEP in the first place? Until my son received one, I never heard of it. IEPs, or individual education plans, are covered by special education law, um, and that is known as the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, or often referred to as IDEA. They're created as plans for eligible children who attend public school, which also includes children who attend charter schools. An IEP is more than just a written legal document. It truly is a map and support that lays out the program of special education instruction, the supports a student might receive, and the services that a student might receive. And the students can be children with delays or disabilities, lots of unique needs. And what it's going to do is it's going to help them be able to make progress and thrive in school. That's so awesome that that's even offered. And there's many benefits to getting an IEP as well, aren't there? There are. It sets some expectations so that that way uh, all of the adults who are working with a child on a school campus 
can understand some of the specific challenges that a student might be facing and then the specific individual ways that the, the school is working to support the needs of that student. And I believe having an IEP also gives students and families and schools legal protections too. And it helps families be involved in decisions that impact their child's education. It also gives students rights when it comes to school discipline. It does. That's so great. So who exactly would qualify for an IEP? So in order to be eligible for an IEP, students have to have a learning disability or different condition uh, that is listed under some federally guidelined diagnoses. But essentially, the child has to have a a reason to need some supports, but that it is affecting their, their learning on the school campus. So that gets us to why would we want to need to learn to navigate the IEP? So as a parent of children, child in public school, what is your series going to give to parents about navigating this whole system? So what's amazing about this series is it's going to give our listeners some very concrete examples of things that we can do that will help with um, caregivers who need to advocate for the needs of their children in schools. Maybe that's a tip um, like learning um, to put something in writing versus a verbal conversation or ways to use language that for me as a caregiver might mean one thing, but from the school district, they understand that same word to mean something completely different. So learning to speak the same language as the school and learning how to find ways to partner with schools is, is one of the things that, that we can look into doing. Yes. And I, I think that, you know, when we get into our work environments, we tend to use a lot of jargon and just, you know, we get used to these certain things that we say and not everyone on the outside world understands those things. Absolutely. Very correct. Very (laughs) correct. So I think that's a great, a great way to start. So can you share a personal experience that inspired you to become an advocate for your own child? Sure. My kiddo, um, one of my four, had some some significant needs um, that was impacting his learning and the learning of the, the children in his classroom. And I was having a very difficult time getting the school and some of the, um, the team within my district to be able to understand and and I was not able to clearly communicate to them what I was hoping for and in the same breath knowing what the district was able to provide. So it was because of my experience supporting the needs of my son that I learned some of these wonderful tools that have now helped me feel empowered as a parent. So when I have a school meeting, I'm again, I'm able to use that different language or I'm able to remember to send that follow up email or just the little things that we can do. So it's been it's been because of my own journey and the growth that we've been able to have um, really for for why I want to share this with other families. I want them to know that they don't have to do this challenging thing alone. So let's teach them how. I love that because I know personally, you know, I just. If you're if it's anything to do with my kids, you know, mama bear sometimes comes out and it's not always, 
you know, the correct reaction in some um, instances and just learning to, you know, understand like the internal things that have to go on um, to get your child to the right spot is also, you know, very useful for someone from the outside as well. You, you spot on, Marib. It's really difficult because the whole part of an IEP meeting is that we're coming together as a team to talk about some of the challenges that our student is having. And it's almost impossible to take the mom hat off and only be advocating for the needs of a student. You know, we, we're emotionally invested. Those are our kiddos. We don't want to mess with mama bear, but sometimes <laughs> mama bear has to learn how to engage with the school. And that's one of the things that, that our podcast and, and that our series is going to be able to help other families with. So you're also involving the Lean on Me project, which in Sarasota County has been a big part of well, it's been a big partner for the Florida Center in general, but they've also kind of, they started out as a nonprofit that was trying to ha- help kids have a better education, however necessary. And then they kind of got into this IEP kind of mentoring space where they are now helping parents um, navigate their IEPs. So how What is your involvement with the Lean on Me project? How did you guys get together? So the Lean on Me project is uh, who taught me how to do these wonderful things. And our, um, our FASD caregiver group was utilizing the services of the amazing Amy Weinberger to help us learn, like I was saying before, to speak some of those correct terms and to understand what's inside an IEP. What is that document telling us? And so because of the guidance and the mentorship that the Lean on Me project gave to me, that's really kind of where we started seeing what a value it was to spread the word and to let other families be able to have access to this knowledge and this experience because Amy Weinberger comes from decades of a history of being involved in the education system. She knows special education law and what she's been able to do is pass on her experience and her knowledge into our group and really give our caregivers, you know, a fair shot at knowing, hey, guess what? I might be sitting at a table in this school setting with some people who are important within the school district, principal, a school psychologist, an ESE liaison, whoever that may be. But guess what? My place at the table as the caregiver is equal to theirs. And Amy has just given me such the opportunity to feel empowered and to understand how to support the needs of my students that together she and I want to pass that to to more people. Well, that's just so beautiful. And I just wanted to kind of um, tell our listeners a little bit more about the FASD uh, support group that you mentioned. Um, The Florida Center for Early Childhood runs the only FASD diagnostic clinic in the state of Florida, and and it's actually expanded to a couple of different clinics in the state of Florida. So that's a plural clinics there. But um, we also provide, so a lot of times when parents first sign on, there's a little bit of a wait and we wanted to support them while they're kind of going through this process. So that's why um, Jen Worden came on 
And we offered a parent support group where it's a virtual group. So basically everybody comes together one day of a week at a certain time. And then they kind of just share their experiences. And then Jen kind of coaches them through those experiences as well. And they started also advocating for FAST through a um, through an advocacy group. So do you want to kind of tell our listeners a little bit about that? And it was a, it was a closed group. So now you're kind of opening that up to the public. We are, we are in the process of trying to um, empower the voice of FASD and reduce the stigma that's associated with it. Um, there is some both state legislature and some federal legislation that we're working on trying to advance. And so we are, are in the process of organizing a task force for FASD within Florida, trying to get all of the different systems of care out of their silos, coming to the table so that we all can, can start supporting the, the kiddos that are impacted by fetal alcohol and exposure in utero and, and really supporting these kids and these families because whether it be the juvenile justice system or whether it be the education system or the child welfare system, our kiddos are touching all of those systems and we want to be able to, to start putting Florida having a spot on the map where we recognize it we want to work on prevention. We want to work on supporting the families that are living with it and finding ways to really build the community, not just of professionals, but of caregivers. Because one of the hardest things about being a caregiver to a kiddo with unique needs is um, the isolation that can sometimes come with that and the feeling of just nobody understanding that journey. So when we can get people connected and we can get people to know that they're not alone, whether it be personally or professionally, it can really provide an opportunity for growth and forward movement. And and that's what we're hoping for the FASD community for this year. That's awesome. And I think that your new series on YouTube, um, which is going to pr- premiere, um, is it this month or next month? Um, to the best of my knowledge the different children different approach series is going to launch march 1st awesome so i think that that's going to be a great way to kind of extend your community um not just for uh, fetal alcohol spectrum disorders but into the whole iep world and you know really get everyone involved in this the amazing things that you guys are doing so if someone wants to see your your series, which is called Different Children, Different Approach. It's going to be premiering on the Florida Center for Early Childhood's YouTube channel. And you can also catch it on our website, which is www.thefloridacenter.org. Is there anything that you hope that parents will learn from this series that we haven't touched upon, Jen? I think my biggest hope is just to to help parents know that even if they're in a place of really, really hard with school, it can get better. So there is hope. And for me, what got me to a place of being better was when I was able to learn more and then I was able to 
do better for my kiddo. Um, and, and I know that I'm advocating not just for my own kid, but that maybe for the children that those professionals encounter later on, that either they'll think differently or, um, you know, that the other caregivers will feel empowered, which will then empower other families because, oh, let me tell you about my experience and how wonderful this went. That's that's really one of the things that I hope will come of it. And also, again, like you said, it's not limited to the families that are interacting with the, the school system that are impacted by fetal alcohol spectrum disorders. This impacts all of our families. Um, and so we definitely want to make sure that, that folks know that it doesn't have to be a kiddo impacted by FASD. It could be a substance exposed kiddo. It could be a kiddo with ADHD or lots of different diagnoses. But when there's a struggle in school, it makes it difficult and it carries over into the home oftentimes. And so we want to find ways to make it 1% easier. I love that. And I personally am really looking forward to this series because like I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast, I have a a kiddo with an IEP and, you know, navigating it has been difficult for me personally as well. So I really look forward to coming at the IEP, meeting with the the professionals in the school system from a place of knowledge and not a place of emotion. Um, And that can be hard. (laughs) Yes. And so, um, Jen, did you want to add anything else? No, we look forward to helping families, though. So definitely get connected with us. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today, Centering Kids. And um, Jen has been on this podcast several times, but we just love having her. If you want to learn more about the, if you want to make sure you catch the first episode of Different Children, Different Approach, make sure you like, you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And please, for more updates and more great um, content, uh, like us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you so much. And we will be back next month with another episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Centering Kids. You can visit the Florida Center for Early Childhood online at www.thefloridacenter.org to learn more and subscribe to this podcast. Have comments or suggestions for a show topic? Email us at podcast at Thanks again for joining us for Centering Kids, where early childhood experts give you tips and tools to help center children, foster their healthy development, and build stronger families.